Welcome to the Dead Format, episode 91. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by the day-drinking mage, Tom Smiley, and we're here to talk about Legacy. Ah, it was a rough day. So, not really a rough day. I was home with my kid, but I had two Zoom classes. One that I was teaching, which, being on the internet with 40 of your students, um... Not not the way that you want to open your day. And then I had a grad school meeting for some project stuff that we still have to do for my grad school. And uh, we started we started having a few. And that was around 5 o'clock. And the meeting went kind of long. So I'm I'm kind of in a little bit of rough shape right now. But I'm I'm, I'm back. You're gotten and, it out. Uh, we're in we're in for round two. That's right, bro, bro. So before we actually get into it, like. During one of my Zooms today, when you're in one of those meetings, you can change your background to whatever you want to change it as. And one of my students had their background set to an infamous picture of a couch with five <laughs> guys in t-shirts standing up behind the couch. Was it um, a guy? Was it a guy? It, it was a guy, okay. but their their head was where the person on the couch was. And I <laughs> I didn't have it set to show everybody at the same time. So it was whoever started the talk, their yeah. video flashed up on the screen to like a group of 40 high school kids. And through the internet, I, I had to yell at somebody today. So <laughs> I, I also needed to go back and edit the video I was recording to cut that out of it. Because I needed to send it to all of the kids that couldn't make the meeting. It was, yeah, it was a, wow. it was a time. Anyway. Nice. Anyway. So wait, you're still teaching online right now? Yeah, so um, I, this isn't official, but I'm pretty sure that we're just not going to go back this year. And they sent out guidance for teachers for what we should be doing. And um, because the AP, like I teach some AP classes and they're still taking the exam I'm I'm teaching still, even though we're we're not going to school. So it's all remote. Um, I'm meeting with the kids and actually going through what I would be doing in the classroom, but obviously it's way different. Wow. So is it just for the AP classes or for all of them? Well, so I'm helping out my kids in my other classes who need it with the assignments. They still have assignments. They still have like reading and homeworks to do. Oh, interesting. Um, but I'm not meeting with them individually. I'm just answering their questions. In my other classes, I wouldn't have the amount of kids actually show up to do it. If I said, all right, we have class today at 1030 on your phone. You know what I mean? Right, right. So that's, that's mm. how it is. Uh, that's interesting, man. And also, I apologize about this off cast, but I just wanted the listeners to know that when I shit on you for when you said you're not going to get to graduate from grad school and I like made some dumb joke about it. I felt bad about that afterwards, so I just wanted to say, I'm sorry you don't get to graduate from grad school. Oh, it's I I'm I'm over it. After after seeing what we have to do for this final project in my class that I'm taking now, maybe taking a step back isn't isn't the worst. But it's a mess. I have so much stuff to do, and we're not getting like, it's uh it's pretty much on our own. Brutal. Yep. So yeah, obviously we've had a lot going on. Uh, 
you you seem to be very busy or keeping yourself busy at least and uh we decided to bring on a ringer for this episode we kind of like fall into this new stride now right where it's not so much like bringing on new guests as we have like this rotating cast of guests and i was thinking about like do you remember the adam west batman series did you used to watch that when you were a kid uh so i don't remember individual episodes i do remember watching it yeah, I watched it after school every day. It wasn't like a new show. It was it was an old show, but like they would play it every day at four or whatever. When I was really young, and uh, when I was driving home from school every day, I would be like, "Man, who's the bad guy going to be today?" Like you know, because like the default <laughs> the default was the Joker or Penguin. But then you'd sometimes you get the Riddler or Mister Freeze or Catwoman, right? Yep. There's like these exotic bad guys and. Uh, that's kind of what I see our show as now is like we're, we're you know, the, the Batman, Robin, Adam West thing. And we, we have this rotating cast of, of these guests we've established. And we have one of the more exotic ones on today. We've got uh, Teabag Tom. Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> What's going on, Mr. Freeze? How you doing? Oh, not too bad. You know, you say that jokingly, but I think it's supposed to get pretty cold again tonight, like minus 15 or something. So <laughs> winter isn't over. It's just tricking us. And yeah, just to remind the listeners, you live up in uh, Alberta, up in Canada. So easily the farthest north guest we've ever had. Yeah, I'm not very north for Canada, but I'm I'm more north than most of your listeners, I'm pretty sure. We're just kind of north of Montana is where, where that is for everyone in the States that probably wouldn't bother knowing where that is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but you're out in your uh, cozy garage right now, is that true? Uh, no, right now I actually had to get set up in the, in the bedroom away from the baby because wife's putting her down for bed, but, um, hopefully once they stop quarantining us, we'll get back in the garage and playing. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, dude, this quarantine is wild. Like, I don't know, you you guys both strike me as introverts. Actually, Tom Cairns, you're a little more extroverted than, uh, your average Magic player, I would say, but it's just funny with this quarantine, like... I feel like this is like the vacation, the the recharging vacation that every introvert's been hoping for their whole life, right? Like you don't have to do anything, you just like sit in your room all day. It's kind of fucking awesome in a way. It's pretty cool. I had, uh, they had me, I had like a, basically right when it kind of came to our area, I had the sniffles, so they had me off work for a couple of weeks, and I like being at home but it's a different feeling when you're told you can't go if that makes sense my wife my wife had a similar thing our daughter brought home some day home plague and uh infected the whole household would you call it so day we were... home plague <laughs> yeah what well she mean? yeah she goes to uh she goes to a day home when she's uh when we're both at work or whatever oh, is that a word is just that a like word for like a preschool or something yeah, it's it's a, like a daycare, but they're sm- a day home smaller, oh, okay. and Tom, they end up having um. So I, as soon as you said day home, I figured it was like a daycare, but I had not heard that term before. But it, it makes sense. Okay. Who knows? Maybe it's a Canadian thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's just like ten kids, but it always seems if you get a whole bunch of little kids together, they just breed these new special types of flu bugs and stuff. But yeah. Everybody's doing well now, but they had me off for a couple weeks, so we're just out patrolling the prairie. Yeah, dude. That's awesome, though. I mean, I don't know. I'm vibing. I I really like it. I've been enjoying myself. I've been socializing via Zoom. Yo, Tom, now that you're on Zoom, smiley. Yep. You have have no excuse, bro. uh, 
our friend asked me earlier today if I could get you to show up to the Zoom for today. We were playing vintage with a group of people, and there was there's was actually like five of us in there, and they were like, "Where's Smiley?" And I was I, like, oh, "There's no I can, chance." So literally, I signed up for Zoom this morning because I had scheduled a class with my kids, um, and it wasn't just like a like a screen share showing them the powerpoints. Uh, like I actually needed to like talk to them, so I signed up for Zoom. So I will now be able to go with with I don't have any excuses anymore to the to the meetups that you guys are having, which actually sound like a lot of fun. I'm just like, not only am I introverted, I'm lazy too, and that's a really <laughs> that's a really bad combination. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. But you can go uh, you can go you know video off if you're uh, you know doing your raids or whatever it is you're doing or you know slamming bottles i don't know all all of the above yeah we uh, you should do it tom i ducked in yesterday it was a good time yeah that's right you were there yesterday it's been a lot of fun man it's been a uh, it's been the the main socialization i'd say that I'm, I'm doing these days and it's been awesome and i'm really enjoying it I'm playing more legacy than ever that's awesome my socialization has been um Watching watching shows about tigers, and um, are you learning, watching that fucking show, bro? Learning a lot. Well, listen, okay. So I tried to stay away. I tried to. I tried to tell myself this wasn't something that I wanted to get sucked into. This looks awful. I don't want to spend twelve hours of my life watching this. Not you too, Smiley. Uh, I don't want to watch that show. It don't tell me to. <laughs> so listen, my wife started playing it in the background when I was like downstairs with the kid doing doing other things. And just from walking by her, watching it, I got sucked in and ended up like and ended up getting getting pretty deep into it. And it is insane that these are real people, and it's not a reality show. Like it, yeah. I can't I can't describe how insane it is. Well, wait. Can you try to describe this to me? Because I've watched the first ten minutes now. I watched like five minutes of it. Okay. Then, then someone told me I had to try it again, so I watched the next five minutes of it, and I just keep giving up because I'm like, I don't see anything interesting going on. Like, it, it's not that, it's not that like I need to be entertained, like stimulated, you know, twenty four seven, like I'm watching fucking Teletubbies or something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like I'm not like like uh, yeah, I, I I can do a long story or whatever, but I'm not. I don't know what the payoff is going to be. Right? Okay, like, so the the first two episodes, really, the end of the second episode sort of pushes its way into the main story that they're going to follow through. But if I told you by the end of the series, there were multiple people who were dead and in jail, would okay. that make it more interesting to you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, because I was, I was already woke on the, the fact that there are more tigers in Texas than in the wild and shit. Like, I, I knew, I actually knew a lot about that scene already. So, like, I kind of felt like looking at this, like, is this just going to be talking about that? Because I, I don't really care anymore, I guess, it, you know? It, it is not. Okay. It is absolutely not. I'll give it another five minutes, then. But for everybody through. else who's listening, don't don't get sucked into it. Because it is 12 hours of your life that you're never going <laughs> to get back. But it is, like, a glorious disaster of 12 hours that I, I just cannot believe is real. So, 
That's so is that when you changed your profile picture to have the frame uh, on Facebook, the frame with a uh, free exotic tiger guy or whatever? Is that I what did about? not do that. Did oh, I? It wasn't you? That was not me. Oh, that, I thought it was. That might have been another Tom. Although, <laughs> true story. <laughs> not this Joe, one. Joe Exotic got 20% of the libertarian vote for president. <laughs> um. In, the president in, of what is fucking the the fucking United Club? States. <laughs> so I don't what? know what yeah, that don't says. you know this? What I don't are you know. talking about? Uh okay, so in whatever state he's in, oh, he okay. won obviously not nationwide, he won twenty percent right. of the libertarian vote in his state in the presidential election. So I don't know what that says about libertarians and um you might need to you might need to say something about your people, but um, 20 20 percent bro i'm not a libertarian anymore i'm far right remember <laughs> i forgot oh it's here we go sorry can i do it ah oh, dude so based bro is that is that what you say <laughs> oh man all right so, tom you gotta save us bro T- talk about magic <laughs> say, say something about magic oh fuck i don't know I, uh, I've been playing a little bit. I, uh, built this fucking abortion of a Delver deck the other day that I managed to, managed to do okay with, but it's just, like, full of cards that anybody who played Delver five years ago would probably murder me for playing, but, but by do know, okay, awesome. By do okay with, you 5-0-10-0'd your first league with it, right? I 5-0-10-1'd, or whatever. Lunal took one off me. Oh, okay. But you put... Uro in Rob Delver, which is, which is just so like upsetting to me. And I, I, the first thing I did when I saw it was I sent it to Topher so he could like give me some good insults that I could then relay back to you as if they were my own. But uh, he's like, yeah, I've thought about that too. And I was just like, no, what, what the fuck, man? Is Uro really that good? Um, yeah, I've. Well, I don't know. I I had to, I had was doing a lot of modern grinding. We had some like local ish face to face opens that I was trying to play and and set up the deck for. Rip. Uh, my buddy is a better player than me, but we were. Uh, he actually won that that face that left uh, that. Pardon me, that open in Lethbridge. Um, this is that guy, and, but Jos- we're, Josiah. Joseph. Or Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we were. Uh, I don't know. We were trying to replace the Okos out of Modern, and Euro. I like Euro's more fun for sure, and it's very nearly as powerful. And in like a mid range or control deck, it just feels like the thing. It's like your control deck gets to play Explore, your mid range deck gets to play like main deck Life Gain and a Recursive Threat. Like it's just like kind of turns everything into like like Blue Soup, right? Which is kind of where I. Where I live most of the time, yeah. But I uh, I really really enjoy it. It's a lot more fun than Oko, and I mean if if in Legacy I had to pick one, I'd definitely rather play Euro. It's at least a fun card. It doesn't reduce these game states to like this. It, it doesn't make as much of a sub game, I guess, if that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, yeah. It is more fun. I'll give you that. It is more fun than Oko, but there is a sort of a a, a problem in my mind. I think when like Rug Delver, you, you were specifically playing like a stifle version of Rug Delver, 
that yeah. is is really trying to go under the other mid-range decks and typically you don't want stuff like that in your main deck right and it just being good enough to be in your main deck is is like it's kind of stupid to call the card overpowered though i think so I, i'm actually not really sure how i how i feel about this so one one of the questions i was going to bring up was whether or not it was a sort of port of the more mid-rangey no bad card delver list or whether or not it was actually stifle delver so stifle rug delver with euro was yeah was the thing that blows my mind well, i want to talk about synergy so three stifle two dreadhorde arcanist <laughs> and a, then a mystic no sanctuary no in the main deck oh, okay wow. i want to defend that actually <laughs> so I don't know, t before I took my hiatus to play a bunch of modern, the Grixis Delver lists were all sideboarding a Mystic Sanctuary and, like, the Painful Truths loop that you didn't you didn't like very much, if I remember, but <laughs> they talked about bringing it in in every fucking matchup. Yeah. Just just play the land in your main. It's the same, It's the, to me, it's the same logic as, like, when you're playing Red Blast in your side and you side your Volk. It's like, well, you could just have an extra land drop the rest of your games and it'd be better and then in your days deck it just seems like you get to play like 13 copies of whatever card you want i, I don't know it was, it was really awesome and it's always impressed me so i just i don't think i'm ever going to cut it from a delver deck even if it looks pretty bad on paper but that makes sense don't man. knock it till you try it it, it does make sense I, I hate to admit it but it's just so weird to see it without painful truths in the delver deck like, you're getting back Lightning Bolt every time, right? Oh, no, I usually was getting back Ponder, but maybe I'm stupid. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's just Ponder's, Ponder's air, though, right? Yeah, it, it, it's just, when you're top decking, it's better than a, like, a random yeah. draw. Yeah. And also getting back Fire Spout against creature decks, which is my sideboard deck, has been, like, fucking awesome. So you just, like, elk shit and then turn it to Fire, like, Fire Spout them and then repeat, rinse, repeat which is something you and I talked about quite a bit before yeah. we put it in. I never played it very much because I buggered off to play other formats for a bit, but it was something that I wanted to come back to, and I really liked it, even though I'm not really playing... I wasn't playing the Hooting Mandrels anymore or anything. Yeah, Tom, were you going to say something? Oh, so, yes, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> so, uh, Fire Spout, is that the hybrid, like, three mana cost Pyroclasm-ish effect? Yeah, it's like uh, does three damage, and you can set it with either playing paying red. If you play, if you pay red, it does three damage to everything on the ground. If you pay play green, then it uh, does three in the air, and if you do both, it does three to everything. Okay. So it's it kind of works like um, what's that uh, like rough tumble or um that new card that th three mana instant red card that does two damage to everything without flying. Yep. Kind of does a similar thing at sorcery, but you can kind of set it, and then with Oko, do, dealing three damage is a lot better than two, in, in my opinion. I don't know. Yep. It's, it's it's better than and it Dread, seems. Dreadhorde but... Arcanist, too. Like, you you want to be able to yeah. answer that. How many you land are you playing in your deck? It's 19. Okay. It's just, like, normal Rug Delver plus one Sanctuary. Oh, so you weren't down to three Wastelands, huh? No, no. Because that was something I saw in a bunch of Delver decks this week, so... That was also pissing me off, but... That's maybe not the craziest thing ever, but I don't... <laughs> especially if you're going to play Stifle. <laughs> like, Stifle 3 Wasteland, I probably... 
it it seems bad, right? Like it, but I, I I don't know, man. The the problem is honestly the problem is Delver is so much better than the next closest thing that there's almost like too much space in the Delver part of the meta where you can get bigger and smaller because Delver is this aggressive creature for so many decks, right? Does that make I sense? I think that's pretty fair to say. I, I think I, that's pretty fair to say. I don't. I didn't I think do the that, best like, job explaining that, but. Well, we were talking a little bit the other day, and I, I kind of think that, like, Delver isn't necessarily a tempo deck anymore. Like, it definitely has those draws, but I think it's just, like, fast mid-range for the most part, or right. even not even that fast mid-range most of the time now, so. Well, yeah, it's know. crazy. I, think I mean, we saw, uh, what's his name, Tony Scapone playing uh, AK in Blue-Red Delver this week. Oh, geez. In the top eight of the challenge. So, yeah, I mean, it, it can be whatever speed you want it to be, right? Yeah. Well, even... So something about, like, Rug Delver versus D&T, I think is, like... His, I'm not as well-versed in, like, historically legacy, but I don't think that's supposed to be a particularly good matchup unless you have a, a really good Delver start. Um, and I just, like, overpower Double Mother, Ruins, Thalia, stone, Double Stoneforge out of D&T with Euro Oko... Dreadhorde Arcanist kind of going over them, which isn't supposed to happen, I don't think. Yeah, no, that's gross. Yeah, it was really stupid. Jeez. Yeah, man. That that kinda that that kinda shows what the whole problem is, I guess. And you know, nobody I haven't heard anybody say ban Uro yet. But we did see in this uh this challenge, this particular challenge this week. I think there was something crazy like 17 copies of Urel in the top 32. That's uh that's enough. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, right? I mean, we when we reviewed the card it was like barely there, you know, like we thought maybe it would be a one of in like a Zenith deck, but I've played it in vintage recently. I've played it in Legacy, I've played it in Pioneer. It's just How so- is it in vintage? It's fine, you know? I mean, there's there's more tension because there's uh, Dig and Cruise in, in any fair blue deck. So there's a little more tension with it, but not a ton more. And the other problem is with Uro is the graveyard hate, right? Because it's, it's an explorer on the front half, so even if you have graveyard hate, they're still cycling it and, you know, getting a card and some marginal value off that. So it's a losing proposition to graveyard hate it, right? And that's sort of that's sort of like the the argument we've seen recently with with other cards, uh, Astrolabe specifically is like you know playing, you know destroying it is a losing proposition. It kind of feels that way with like surgicaling an Uro or you know playing Cage or something for Uro. It's like they're still getting value out of the card, right? I think that's why you're going to see a lot more things like. Um... Like I know Strifle's been playing Cling to Dust, which is something I haven't been super happy even when I'm playing like old Cocaine Control or whatever. Um, but it's close, and I think that uh, especially something that I think is probably underplayed. I think Clothis is actually like one of the better things you can do against Euro because it's it's the uh, like not Pyrostatic Pillar. It's the Sulfuric Vortex you actually want. Yeah. So I think that that should be making its way into more sideboards or um again like modern it's in a ton of main decks and it's it's a 
definitely like just a direct reflection. I think there's more of the Titans in that format than than in Legacy, but there's still tons, tons and tons in Legacy. And I think that it's the problem of like this is what this is like the downside of like when people wanted Deathrite banned. It's like yes. this is the shit that happens. You need the main deckable graveyard interaction, not necessarily hate, but you need to have cards in your deck. Um, and like Force Negation made big strides towards having main deckable exile, but it doesn't do shit against creatures. And if they're gonna build stuff like this, I think they're gonna need like a force of, I don't know, gainsay or whatever, something that counters at like exiles a creature if you counter it, if it's a creature exile it or something like that. Um, going forward in their design space, or they're gonna need to figure out a way to play main deckable graveyard hate like Nile Spellbomb. I don't think is, like, a good option. I don't think Relic, unless you're playing um, Allurance specifically, is a good option. But there's, like, some stuff... You need something, Yeah. I think, going forward. I think the Zenith decks are looking really good, just in the sense, like, playing Scavenging Ooze is... It's the closest thing to Deathrite that there is. And, uh... Yeah. I think it'll be valuable. Scavenging Ooze just really kind of sucks if you're not in, like, a really green deck, like Maverick or something. Like, when I I, whenever I put it in, like, these bug decks or whatever, it, it's been, like, I can never have more than two green, especially, like, well, whether you're zenithing it, zenithing it out or not. Like, you don't have death rate anymore, so you you very rarely can eat more than one thing the turn you cast it. Yeah. Yeah, I find it really... It's been underwhelming whenever I've, like, stuffed a zenith in, yeah. in any of my fair piles, but it's... You always try it. Yeah, I actually just cut it today from my list when I was playing earlier, but it's frustrating, man. And I do think that you're right, Death Rate would have done a lot of a lot of good against this particular card, but it's uh you know, it is what it is. We were talking earlier today about, you know, Astrolabe and uh Oko and just how people feel about it in general, you know, what would precipitate a ban for these cards and I don't know if you guys caught this, but there were the super qualifier this uh, what day was it? Thursday? It was some fucking weird day. It was late last week. I know. I think I know. I saw the deck list, and I saw some people talking about it at the time. Um, mm -hmm. But I didn't. I didn't scour the results too quickly. Too like carefully. Yeah, it was a few days ago, but it was. Uh, Forty-four percent of the decks had Oko, and uh, there were twenty-nine total copies of Arkham's Astrolabe in the top thirty-two. So both had pretty heavy infestation, you know. Uh, not, we've talked about this before. Astrolabe is kind of, it's not like a power level thing, you know. It, it's, it's more like just a effect that it's having on the metagame overall. D diver diversity. Exactly, yeah. And the homogenization of everything. So it, it wasn't really like the, the best look for the format, I would say. But dude, yep. the de the decks in the super qualifier were pretty fucking wild. Like it just in the top eight, we had the Oracle Shift, like the the inverter combo deck that we've been talking about, uh, Tom recently, and yep, Doomsday showed up in the top eight. Like uh, I I've been seeing a, a ton, a ton of people talking about and working on Doomsday. I didn't see the legacy version of the inverter deck. Yeah, um, so remember that card, uh, Paradigm Shift and Thought Lash that we talked yep. about a while ago? So I definitely remember Paradigm Shift. Thought Lash is like two blue and two. Yeah, it's the enchantment where you can mill one yep. card. 
for all of them. Yep. It's got like cumulative upkeep, but yeah, it was a uh, Lark Blue. It will never matter. Lark Blue was playing that deck with the. Uh, it was actually a bug version because it had Sylvan Library in it and Veil of Summer, but it was basically just that blue black like <clears throat> inverter combo without inverter, just Thassa's Oracle deck, and uh, Romario was playing the Doomsday deck and actually got second place, which I believe is an invite to the PT now whatever that might be yeah i um i remember seeing somebody on twitter who was very livid that uh they ran out of time in their last match because they were getting the whisper for like the whole spam requests from a bunch of people and they ended up timing out when they would have won the game in five seconds and they finished ninth i believe I believe top eight got an invite and that happens to finish ninth. I, I think that I would probably have to buy a new computer um, <laughs> because I, I think I you'd have to buy another gun. Yeah, no, well we live in Massachusetts. <laughs> Not every, never mind. You guys can't have guns there. There's like a, there's like a basically like a soft ban right now on FIV cards because they'll take like, What's that? Any, they'll take any excuse they can to like fuck with the lost of like less guns. FID cards are like what you need to get a to get a gun, and in this particular state, you need your police department to sign off on it first. Okay, we have a it's called PALs up in Canada, but their nation like our federal government manages it. Yeah, but because of the the quarantine or whatever the fuck is going on, they're just like, oh, we're too busy to do FIDs for the next month, you know. Gotcha. Like any excuse they can to slow down the process. I think their best defense is just make it as annoying as possible. Yeah. So. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, we're good. I, I, there was a comment that I wanted to throw into the Astrolabe thing about how just having it around creates like kind of this lack of diversity problem where you just see that everywhere. So, Anne, are you proposing like, um, I don't know, like some sort of policy from Wizards to increase diversity by maybe um chopping down on the privilege of astrolabe is that you know is that what you're proposing i guess so i guess this is my diversity initiative yeah it we uh we're looking a little too much like uh like alberta right now you know, i, very, I very we have we have tom on the phone from canada and ian is already moving over to the left it's <laughs> this, is out, this is outstanding <laughs> yeah, you know, I haven't seen an Elves deck. How long has it been since we've seen Elves, right? How long it's been, it's been, been a long yesterday. time. I saw Elves yesterday. We saw, um, what was I going to say? We I'm saw... not talking about your neighbors, bro. <laughs> that was good. Uh, yo, Adam was playing Earl in Elves this week. That's gross. Yeah, isn't it? It, it kind of seems really good, though. We... It's just free value, right? Yeah, I mean, like, and they they can probably make the land drops too. What were you gonna say, Tom? Oh, I w- the I was about to make a comment about how the only sort of elves deck that I had been seeing was that like that one. I can't remember what his name is. Yeah, I don't know, but he's uh he's obviously a good player. Like for some reason, everybody's been talking about him this week. His his elves list. 
Is that the, the list with uh with like the main deck fucking what do you call it? Five white green. Yes. Well, it definitely had that like, Arcana Valor's Reach card. Yeah. But it was just like a sort of like strangely built elves deck that had just been crushing. Um, yeah. And I can't find it on Twitter. Everybody, <laughs> everybody knows who I'm talking about. I played. Uh, I've been playing that wild deck this week against uh, our friends on Zoom, and it it's like it's a fun deck, man. It really is so fun, but it's just so snowbally. Like you you don't come back if you get wrathed. Like even if you're allocating your resources, it's just like. It doesn't have as many creatures as like a sliver deck or something. It doesn't have like token generators. Yep. So if you if you lose your recruiter of the guard, you just need to find another one, and you need to and all you have is brainstorm to find it, right? Like you you have no other way of really digging. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a lot closer to death and taxes, I think, than than I thought it would be. But it's been a lot of fun to play it. It's only like you know twenty twenty two creatures or something, and. You know, a few of them are useless, but it's a it's a fun toolbox deck, and I've had I've had a lot of amazing games with it. It's been a lot of fun, but I think that I realized after playing it that it's very tuned. Like the JTL list is very tuned to the online meta, and I think for like a more casual sort of experimental meta like we've been playing, that the deck might just want some more raw power in it. So. I've been dicking with that deck. I really like it. I've been having a lot of fun with it, but it's just funny because like I, I haven't seen Death and Taxes at all lately. Yeah, I think it's it's power level, and the things that it does, it, it hasn't really been hitting on those um, on those points recently, and it really does kind of need like a functional tuned meta. To sort of get the list right and to get your attack angles right and to get all these things going and everything's been sort of changing in legacy like the the breach decks it it really had a hard time matching up with those so the deck fell out of popularity and now we're just starting to see things resettle around like the four color um oko euro astrolabe decks and we're starting to see things like doomsday uh pop back up as that sort of uh, breach replacement but yeah we'll we'll see we'll see if more time can can lend itself to dnt popping back up again but it's uh it's in a tough spot how shit is it when you're like trying to figure out your swords and your mirror and crusader and the decks that you're playing against have like one abrupt decay two lightning bolts and a path to exile and a fucking fatal push <laughs> in them yeah it's, like, it's right, uh great. it is not like it used to be where like you knew that you were going to play against some variant where your your mirror crusader was just going to like rough like raffle stomp things but yeah yeah like maybe they'd have one answer in their whole deck like a, a jace to bounce it or something but now it's like you know all these abrupt decay decks have lightning bolt and all these fucking it, it's just crazy what what's going on with the colors now so you know it's it's a crazy world out there yep so yeah the the qualifier was one by Learn to Love 6, Rich Cali. This is a Rug Delver with four Goyfs, two Mandrills, and two Okos, with two only two Dreadhorde Arcanists. And, you know, we, we were talking about... Oh, and two Spell Snare, which I fucking love, and I, I've been waiting for that for so long. But um, we, we talked about this quite a bit last week, you know, how Rug was Ascendant, and there were, like, four Rug decks in the top... 12 maybe of the challenge the previous week 
And now if we look at the more recent challenge, it sort of swung back to, to be like four color and blue red. But this was like, I think the high point for Rug really being well positioned in the metagame. Yeah, I mean, two is a really important spot in Legacy now. Probably, I mean, maybe not more than when Breach was in the format, but Breach had the, the sort of proactive white answers to mm -hmm. counterspells. Um, just so many of the good cards are two in the in the Delver decks and in the four-color value decks that I think that uh, Spell Snare's in a really good spot, too. Yeah, man, I mean... Ice Fang. <laughs> yeah, Ice Fang, Snapcaster, and fucking... I guess even Kroxa, but really Goyf and Dreadhorde Arcanist are the big ones. It's just so good. Still tags a him, whatever. Yeah. I haven't seen him Stone in a Forge. while, but yeah. Stoneforge, I forgot about that card. <laughs> Nine fetches that. in this deck list is cool. Yeah, what's that about? I don't know. I, uh... I mean, this guy's uh, he's a lot better at rug than I am, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just to feed the hooting mandrels. I was surprised to see that. Yeah, to be honest. But yeah, that's uh, that was the winner. I'm greedier than that. There was a deck though in thirtieth place that I really wanted to get your take on, Smiley. This is Cavalda, and I'm like fifty-one percent sure I know who this person is, but I'm forty-nine percent sure that I don't. So I'm not going to say who it is. Uh, but this deck, this fucking deck, bro. Okay, so I see Narset, Oko. That, oh, it's Thopter Foundry. Okay, 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 hold on. So um, I know people that tried to play decks similar to this back when we were playing Four Color Stoneblade. Oh, yeah? And I, man, three green sun zenith in this deck. Yeah, three that, green okay. sun zenith. So let me let me describe this to everybody. We have um, sort of a stoneforge, noble hierarch build that's powering out four oko, two narset. Also has the the thopter foundry sort of the meat combo with a sword and three thopter foundry. All right. Um, yeah. I like. Everything this deck is trying to do, except there, there's a, a Green Sun Zenith package where in the main deck there's three Green Sun Zenith, and the only targets are one Dryad Arbor, one Knight of Autumn, one Knight of the Reliquary, and four Stoneforge Mystic. Four so, Noble Hierarch, you mean, yeah. Well, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry. Four Noble Hierarch. So you're hardly ever going to green sun for a noble like those are just there as your one mana plays to ramp in your planeswalkers they they it's do just mox diamond yeah i mean they do double they do double to get the dryad arbor but the main deck green sun package is so small there's a ton of options in the sideboard though so yeah, I that's think... what's weird right like usually you, you see those in the main deck to get that equity off of it right so i think that i think one um it it looks strange but when you consider the deck is playing a ton of threes, right? And you get so much equity out of your sideboard spots with Ufi, Teague, Scoos, um, not Containment Priest, but uh, an Excavator and another Knight of Autumn that maybe they're 
like Tom said, just using it as a mox diamond and to give themselves extra advantage in the sideboarded games. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's really the opposite of what you usually see, right? Like you usually see these decks, you know, have those answers in game one. They're setting themselves up uniquely, like Maverick typically is what you think of, like setting themselves up uniquely to have these answers in game one that you're not supposed to have. And then sort of just holding on to that in game two when people are boarding against them. This is kind of yeah. like this is kind of like you know empty space in game one, trying to do your proactive thopter plan, and then having those cards coming in game two. It was really unusual. I, I was kind of fascinated by this. Yeah, I think that I was. There's no euro. Me too. Yeah, the the mana base can sort of support it, can it? I think so. Yeah, over the over the fourth Oko, I was kind of surprised. And probably the third Oko, if we're being real, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I uh, this deck's pretty interesting. Turn turn two Narset is still pretty good against a lot of the format. Yeah, you don't see it as much it's anymore. True. Like it's such a big deal in vintage. I mean, it got restricted, so you only see it once in a while now. But it's still like this game breaking card. And it just kind of fell off in Legacy. Like once, uh, once Oko came around, we were seeing like a lot of two to fairy two Narset in pretty much every deck. And then Oko came around, and now like Narset's like zero to one. Yeah, I think in not, other not in decks. The Peter way. <laughs> yeah, I think in other decks is just such a clog at the three drop spot if you want to play Oko and <laughs> something else. And this deck gets around it by kind of having seven accelerators to where you can get away with playing more than just Oko. So that's yes. my take on I it. Yep. I, I think both Narset and Leovold are actually in like a pretty good position right now. Um, I don't understand the Doomsday decks maybe as well as I should, but I know that um, every time I've just resolved a Leovold against them, they just hit the concede button. <laughs> so I... Uh, I'm imagining Narset has a pretty similar effect right now. And I think it's probably time for it to come back if that's if that deck continues to rise in popularity. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, Doomsday Doomsday has some flexible piles that they can get, but the main one that I think most people are used to seeing now, they're cycling through some of those last few cards so they can slam their um uh Fast's Oracle. Yeah, Fast's Oracle to 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 win on that turn. Um, and obviously that, that completely shuts down that, that plan. That is interesting, though, that you say that, Tom. Like, Doomsday doesn't really have any cards that can draw without drawing, though, right? Like, you, you do have to draw a card. But I guess you can draw on your opponent's turn one card. So, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and, and stack a pile to where, like, you Doomsday get the answer and then untap and win. Right. All while sort of having, like, the protection, unless you get your deck milled out, like, whatever happens. Yeah. I'm still just like holding out that that deck isn't worth the mental energy of me figuring out what they're doing. All I know is that I've game one play a Leovold, they concede. Game two play a Collector Roof, they concede. That's all I know about that deck. <laughs> Bro, so on like I don't know Saturday morning maybe, I was playing with one of our friends on Zoom and we were like, somebody had just left, like a combo player had just left, and we were waiting for someone else to show up, and they they didn't they couldn't make it, so we were just playing through this match with Doomsday. And they resolved, my opponent resolved Doomsday, and uh, I was like, they are like, how do you make this pile? And we were just like, <laughs> look, we just looked through the deck for like 10 minutes trying to figure out how the fuck the deck worked. 
it's uh it's interesting man there there's there's like infinite options you know it's just like this fractal thing yeah if it becomes a big enough chunk i guess i'm gonna have to fucking figure it out but right now i'm just like hoping i don't have to think about it i'm just hoping that josh binghamton shows up and and shows us the way <laughs> But he, he keeps <laughs> ducking us, bro. He's been ducking us for like three weeks now. I don't know where oh, that shit. motherfucker is. And <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe he doesn't know how to make a pile. Maybe that's his deep, dark secret. Is he doesn't know how to make a doomsday pile. And he's fake, he's fake People just us. concede in response to doomsday. Yes, exactly. He's never actually had to make a pile. And now he's just fading us. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, that's what it was. That, that was a super qualifier. Nice job to everybody who top aided. The challenge this past week was won by a four color Delver deck, which we really haven't seen in a long time since since Ren left, right? Like I, I just thought that this archetype was dead. Now is this the four color no white version that has abrupt decay alongside yeah. line, uh, lightning bolt and arcanist? Yeah, this is Samu twenty seven. There's no thought seizes in the main deck. There are uh, there's one drown in the lock and three abrupt decays and two Gurmag anglers to complement the four Tarmogoyfs and two Dreador Arcanists and then three Okos. So it's really very mid range and only three wastelands in this deck. So really a very mid mid range Delver deck with Badlands. So this is like exactly what I was talking about with delver just being straight mid-range but there's no threat comparable enough to delver that isn't delver that we just end up playing delver anyway i know that the three wasteland was making you upset but i think that here it's actually just like pretty disciplined i don't know just I, like looking I at this list it's like with you. when you look at the color requirements of the deck wasteland yeah, just probably a lot of the time is actually being used as a mana generating land to power out some of these cards Especially with that number of Oko. Yeah, there are a lot yeah. of colorless costs in this deck. There's four Goyfs, two Arcanists, three Okos. Like, definitely you can use Wasteland better than, like, Rug, for example. Well, I think in this style, like, you definitely want to... Casting your spells is more important than being efficient. And I, I think that, like, your dazes are kind of secondary, that kind of... I mean, you're playing Drown in the Lock in your Delver deck main, so... This is, like, a raw power deck, and... If they playing twenty lands is going to make you want to kill yourself, probably, and also cutting a colored source is going to have the same effect. So I don't know. I think that this person, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do this and you're not going to have something like Ren and Six to cheat, this is probably just like the most disciplined thing you could do. Yeah, and like it's sort of been this way for a while. Like the best answer to to Rug Delver has always been Gurmag Angler because like it it you know gets bigger than Hooting Mandrills and Goyf. And just sort of wins that war for one black mana. So it, it does kind of make sense that this cycled around. I, I am surprised, though, to see that it's four-color not Grixis. But obviously this worked for Samu, so congratulations. Winning the challenge. Decay is probably pretty nice to have right now with all the other Okos going around. That well, kind of stuff. yes, but also no. Because this next deck, there's three copies of this deck in this challenge, including two in the top eight. You know this deck? You know what deck I'm talking about? Oh, the Primeval Titan deck? Yeah, this fucking deck. It is nice to have Decay against Chalice decks, but this deck seems like... Like, why do you play Primeval Titan, right? I think people are just flexing. 
Yeah, you think that's what this is? Well, I'm sure there's a better reason than that, but it, it definitely goes over the top. I don't know. I I played this deck twice. I didn't lose to it with some bullshit mid-range pile that I had, which I feel like it should shit on me, and I haven't seen it since. Obviously, it does super well, and I haven't, even when I played against good pilots, like, maybe I'm just lucky, but I, I don't think this deck is... Maybe, maybe I'll prove me wrong, but I think it. Uh, I don't think this deck's going to be here to stay. What do you call this deck? I I don't have a name for it. Smiley, I haven't, I haven't... Smiley what do you call it? Well, I mean, it's not quite Sylvan Plug, right. but you can sort of see like the, um, I don't know, descendant, the uh, it, the descendancy from it. Your, I, I I don't know. It's not Plug. Um, I don't know what I would call it. It's not post or plug, but it's like... <laughs> you could probably just call it the Primeval Titan deck and everyone will know what you're talking about. But yeah. You think no one would play this until Primeval Titan was banned in modern. <laughs> like they were just looking yeah. forward to a legacy deck? Yeah, this yeah. is this is like this is the shit that you see when your your deck gets banned in modern and you really love playing Primeval Titan. Yeah, <laughs> so, no joke. You're right <laughs> That's what I that. think. So yeah, this is 30 lands. It's like... This is of the uh, cards. <laughs> Field of the Dead and Valakit with, uh, so there's four Primeval Titans, four Dryads of the Illison Grove, four Green Sun Zeniths, and then one Excavator, two Trackers, and a Courser. So you're basically just hitting land drops, casting Titan, and then it's got four Ancient Tombs, two Mox Diamonds, four Chalice of the Voids, four Abrupt Decays, and four Once Upon a Time. So this is like, this two is just Mox Diamond fucking, is so fucking weird. <laughs> it's just a green, it's just green Stompy with Abrupt Decay. And then yeah. yeah, and then you got the Valakits in the fields to give you some some angles, but yeah, this is I, such a weird deck. I like the the Mox Diamond in the shell, and oh, I think yeah. it's just it's super reliant on threes that 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 card you just like you sort of needed a color a colored accelerator to be able to to get all of these things out. Because I don't have a problem with Mox Diamond. I have a problem with two Mox Diamond. Oh, instead of four? Or like, I don't know. Maybe it's well obviously he did very well and it's super they did super well and it's very probably thought out, but it as a casual observer it looks interesting. Yes, I, I can agree with that for sure. <laughs> so I haven't played any of it and I haven't played against it. So I don't know where that two number comes from. I I would be much more reliant on more if i was taking a look at like all right how would i build this just because of the the like straight number of threes but i mean we'll we'll see the reason why eventually yo what do this deck and the coronavirus have in common oh no no i'm sorry what does what does my respect level for this deck and the coronavirus have in common you don't give a shit i don't have the coronavirus <laughs> that's good i thought that was going to be a joke that i had to edit out and uh, that, can, <laughs> that can stay that can stay right in there also i probably do have the <laughs> oh god <laughs> well the, the way you're what oh never mind i'm positive I shouldn't, I shouldn't make a joke about that like yeah i'm positive I'm i think the only thing we can test. do is make jokes about it i don't know like obviously no one wishes any ill on anyone else but like if you can't laugh at it then what the fuck are you gonna do Right? It's the fucking apocalypse, if not, right? I think that's a little depressing. Bro, are we going to measure time in terms of 
the year of our Lord Corona Chan. Like this is uh, <laughs> this is episode thirteen of our podcast. Well, this is like the this like like a culturally significant event that happens for every generation. I don't want to compare this to like to I don't know something like like Vietnam, but this is this is like a big deal. It's not going away anytime soon either. Yeah, I I really want to relay that story, but it's just too long for me to possibly complete right now of your Facebook post, your sentimental Facebook post about kids remembering the the time in their childhood when they ate dinner I, with their parents. You know what? I, one of my favorite That was the cutest shit in the world. It was it was cute. I But Jeremy I... burned you so fucking hard on that post. <laughs> <sighs> he's not he's not wrong though. He's he's definitely not wrong. That was so awesome, dude. My wife I, chimed in right after that too. To to fill in so to fill in the listeners. It was a really cute Facebook post that I saw somebody make. And I was like, oh, that makes me feel good. Let me share it. And it was about how everybody's getting to spend some time with their family at home. And it's not all terrible and all of that. And Jeremy's like, no, no, no. Your kid's just going to remember how much how much World of Warcraft you played. And my wife was like, yeah. <laughs> when I'm playing World of Warcraft right now. So. <sighs> yeah, it was it was fucking great. But. That's this. That's this fucking Dak, right? And uh, there was also so this is crazy, bro. We had the super qualifier and the challenge, and we had the deck dump. And honestly, the lists from the super qualifier and the challenge are just so much better. Not in like better in like a more tuned sense, but more interesting than the deck dump this week. Like the deck dump was like chalk, and these decks are like the interesting ones. Like what the fuck is that? I, I think it was groups of people trying to build the deck to play for the tournament where they didn't get leaked out in the deck dump. And um, and it's just, you see the community of people who are playing Legacy Online, it's kind of a little bit tighter. And a lot of them yeah. all work together. So you see, you see things like this happen where one challenge, you'll get 15 people playing fucking uh, Belcher. Yeah. I'm not saying that happened now, but... Um, there were a lot of people working on this deck. Everybody brought it, and that's why you see things like that pop out. Yeah, you can definitely tell by our episode downloads that the legacy community is tightening right now. Oh, dude, I think <laughs> it's like that. I think it's like that for like every yes for all uh, podcasts because you yes. look at what people do, like what people use podcasts for. It was my commuting time, right? And there is not a lot of commuting time fucking happening right now. Yeah, no, I'm not fucking around. Like I. I noticed it on our podcast, so then I poked around a little, and literally every form of content I could find, except maybe, like, the non-transparent stuff like Netflix. Like, maybe Netflix is doing better than usual. probably is. Mm-hmm. But everything else, the views, listens, whatever, are down. Because people aren't commuting, like you said, and people aren't taking breaks at work, like you said. Like, it, it's just like a shift in content or maybe there's more content because everybody's home or maybe i don't know what the fuck it is exactly but i've noticed that as a consistent trend exactly like you said tom like across the board it's like a reduction of passive content or something yeah it's just like a reduction in in downloads and listens for everybody all all the stuff that you would do while you're doing something else right goes down because you're actually just like just watching netflix yeah, I guess. I guess that's what it is. Because like you can you can't watch a video at work, right? But you can listen to a podcast at work. Hundred percent. 
So well, I, I mean, I watch videos at work, but I'm cheating. Yeah, you you work, <laughs> dude. Tom uh, Smiley, I wish you could see right now a picture of of Tom Karen's office, uh, his fucking hangar. It's like a fucking uh, like a man cave loft thing with like uh, I don't know. Describe. It's like where I would live if I was rich and single. Yeah. Like we just have like a little loft, well, like a decent sized loft actually, with like a small gym and a TV and couches, just overlooking like the airplane. It's fucking awesome. It's just we have the sweetest job ever right now. I just hope no one fucks it up. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. Like, it's really cool. Like he goes to work and he just chills in his fucking loft. Like it's like a firefighter, right? Like you know how the firehouse, except if there was no government at the firehouse and you could just break all the regulations of space heaters and play moto all the time. It's amazing. So yeah, 41% of this fucking challenge was ancient tomb decks. So I, I you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of like to see it because... I do too. Th- those players were due, right? Yeah. Like we, I guess we saw a post doing, doing things for a little bit, but those ancient tomb chalice decks had really been held down for quite a while by by what was going on in legacy so it's good to have it back yeah and the other reason is just totally selfish like ego is i said that the ancient tomb chalice decks would get better in the london mall world and it really never happened so i'm just no, gonna they say just got, they just got absolutely shit on i'm just gonna We're say not, it's, it's a yeah. severely delayed reaction <laughs> so for, you guys can what's up can you give me two seconds? I had too many beers. I got to piss quick. Yeah. Two seconds. Sorry, guys. That's why we just we just pee ourselves. We're Bro, veteran podcasters. Yeah, we uh, we're used to it. Now we got to wait for him to go out to the outhouse. He's gonna have to fucking find a tree to get some some leaves off of. So he's gonna have to shovel some of the dirt over the pee so the bears don't fucking come. <laughs> All right. So we've been. We've been potty training James in the yeah, time wait, that we've been. Yeah, wait, how old is he? He's almost three. He's like That's two and three quarters. That's yeah. what I was going to guess. That's Isn't that too young? I don't think so. He's doing I... all he's doing all of his pee-pees in the potty. Wow. And he's just starting to get his poo-poos. It's awesome. That's Let me amazing, tell you, it's just bro. friggin' awesome. Because I'm pretty sure for all my brothers, it wasn't until they were solidly three. Like, yeah, like so we three we three were planning on doing it this summer because he would be like three, three and a quarter coming up on three and a half. Yeah. And uh, since we have this time, we figured we'd get started early because like we're home with him all day. So right, we, we right. have the time to do it. And he's uh he's doing great. Dude, he's OK. So we have this little potty that when he pees in it, there's like an electrical connection that gets made and it starts playing a song. <laughs> So it's a it's a Disney one. It starts singing like this Mickey Mouse song. So every time he sits down to pee in it, he like he puts his hands in the air. He's like, "Dad, I did peepees." I'm like, "I'm so proud of you right now." Dude, it's I'm like it's so like Better Call Saul, except except it's real. Do you ever watch Better Call Saul? So I've seen a few episodes. I did not know that there was a musical toilet. Yeah, the guy invents the musical toilet for for the kids, and uh, it, it's <laughs> this, just it's it's just a, it's a real the, thing. But, like, to demonstrate the thing, he drops a block in it, and it's like, oh, yeah, give it to me, big boy. Like, <laughs> it, it's like this hyper-sexualized, like, sex. 
So, uh, yeah, I, I can't believe that that's a real thing. I had no idea. It is absolutely a real thing. So, yeah, the uh, the fourth place deck, though, is Novat 28. This is a fourth place in a challenge. This isn't some fucking deck out of a deck dump or whatever. But this is, like, I, I'm going to call it Tesserator because that's sort of what people people know right is tesserator the spiritual successor to tesserator yeah so there's no tesseret obviously there's no any the transmute artifact or any of the cards you'd expect from tesserator but is it just an urza deck because i think now we've had urza in the format long enough to like you could say that it's an urza deck is it an urza deck though because it's it's got like four karns four emery's you know it's got the, the whole karn package and then it's got four strix and uh two borrowers so it's and two euros so it's more like a fair deck than an urza deck i would say because like when i when i think urza deck i think some flavor of combo like whether it's an echo deck or not it's going harder on the combo than this deck right oh uh, okay okay i understand what you're saying it, so, it's like a fair blue Urza deck. Exactly. I yeah. think if there's no Thopter Foundry, I I would call this a fair deck. Yeah, there's it's no, just like there's value no Urza. Foundry. Yeah, there is no like like where's the combo, right? Bury them. That's the combo. Yeah, this is like a crazy deck. Like it's it's a cool deck. They can tutor for Lattice. Karn, it's Karn combo, I guess. It's Karn combo, right? And there's there's three petals and two opals and four chalices and yeah you can pe- still do like silly things with emery yeah so it's not it yeah it is a more fair version of the what people have seen in the in the Urza deck yeah this is a pretty wild deck honestly and like one thing about this deck is there's no removal in the main deck like there's oko well, there's brazen there's brazen bower like and there's force of will right there's Force of Will, Brazen Borrower, and three Okos, yeah. So there's, like, pseudo-removal, right? But not, like... Karn like, can get Ballista. But there's no, like, Abrupt Decays in the main deck. There's no, like... Well, it's fucking mono-blue. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say that, because we have Astrolabe in the format, where you can... Yeah. Wait, what? What's up? Would you really say that this is Bug? Isn't well, I mean, this there's... just, like, mono-blue splash green? But there's a Brock Decays and Plague Engineers on the board, so it's kind of like Bug. Oh, okay. I wasn't looking at the sideboard. You're right. Yeah. No, you're right, though, actually. I didn't realize that distinction. The main deck is blue-green. Like, only blue-green. No, there's Strix. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God Thomas here. From the land land of everybody has health care. Coming in I I fucking love a two two or a two mana one one that draws me a card and has death touch. I'll fucking play that shit every day, all day. Yep. Yeah, you will. Wait, why is this deck playing Bailable Strikes and not Ice Fang Coil? Basics and no Astrolabes because they can't because Chalice. Right. Yep. What I don't fucking understand is Simic Signet and two Mox Opals and three Petals. If I ever went to play this shit, I'm going to have to ask someone some questions. Yeah, that is kind of fucked up, honestly. (laughs) I I just don't... I don't like that. These guys are obviously super good players, but I don't understand how people are coming to numbers these days. So I can see... Says says the motherfucker who's playing Mystic Sanctuary in his Delver deck and Euro, so whatever. (laughs) It's because you wanted to, that's why. 
I can see Simic Signet being the the real deal for sure in this deck. I love that. So you can it doesn't cast, cast it. your fucking Strix. Who gives a fuck about Strix? You got Oka and you so got much. Euro, right? Like <laughs> you guess. can power it uh, off yeah, of yeah. Tomb, and it it fixes it fixes that. Like obviously Demir Signet, you could play, and it could fix your like your Strix. But I think the Simic Signet's real nice for what this is trying to do. Yeah, I don't know. But that's, one? that's me. <laughs> right? I kind of like, I kind of buy that. Yeah. Turn one, Simic Signet. Turn two, any other land. Oko, you just cast Oko off a off an ancient tomb and any other thing. It's great. Well, and you have the opals too. But don't you want more of them then? Like, just it's just it's not that necessarily. Maybe, okay, I was being shitty when I said that I don't understand that card. But why one? Why one? Because it's a bad card. <laughs> but when when you have it and it works, it's fucking great. But it's never gonna work. So sure, fucking one. just slap a fucking gemstone cavern into every deck too. Also, whoever whoever wrote the write up for the the Reddit this week made sure to mention this was the first ever appearance of Simic Signet in the in the challenge. Awesome. I mean, it may, Simic is the shit right now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, unironically. So we we've I, we'd be remiss to mention this, but also I don't want to talk about it. Fifth place is Blue Red Delver with four AKs, and sixth place is Ant. Actually, fucking Ant, like past in flames, fucking Ant. In sixth place, Wonder Pro. And but look at look at them having two talismans and two Veil of Summers in their main deck. I said I didn't want to talk. It's about so it, different. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, two yeah, two Veil of Summers, two Talismans. It's very much feels to me like they still don't exactly know the numbers, right? Like this is an Infernal Tutor deck again, right? But there is Veil of Summer too, so it's it's kind of like not. It's, it's sort of like the problem that Alex described about Ant when he came on before about not being as all-in as Tess and maybe not being the right time for it. But this is tight. Like, this is a tight list, so maybe this is the future of Ant. I don't know, but... Well, we're seeing less Veil of Summer. Like, we were seeing yes, Veil of Summer absolutely. silence Orms chant in the main deck before. Yeah. We're seeing less Veils in the main deck now. So maybe, there's, maybe there is room for Ant to creep back in. Because there was a time... Where you were talking about your episode with Alex, Ant was just like not playable. Right. And I guess, I guess on we're not there anymore. Trimming on preordains, it seems like you're cutting consistency for power, but it not in as much of a way as like TES is. And I don't know. I've played against Tess recently. I played against uh, Ryan Koch the other day, and uh, he turn one to me game two and three through Force of Will. So. I don't think this deck can do that. No. I don't know why you would sacrifice any of your consistency for power if you're not going to get enough power that you can do something like that. Yeah, that's a valid point. And it, it, it is like... That's going to piss off Linden, but... <laughs> two preordains and only uh, one duress, right? So it's like, really, your business is kind of down. Right? I mean, not your business. Well, I mean, it's kind of cutting you duresses for talisman too, right? Yep. So I feel like the the dropping of the preordains is more to support the wish claw than the other things. True. So I I don't know if there's like a huge drop 
in that I know the major differences between tests and that, but the cutting of the preordains for wish clause, I think is kind of a wash when it comes down to that consistency versus power level thing. That's a good point. Maybe. So yeah. I, I have not cast enough LEDs to have as much of an opinion as my scotch is giving me. <laughs> oh yeah, we we don't we don't actually know anything. I don't know if our listeners <laughs> have figured this out, but like we this is what we do every week. We're just practiced, so we know we know if we say it the right way, people might believe us. <laughs> so, in the deck dump, this is more our speed, right? This I feel at home. <laughs> I'm gonna oh, no. relax and settle oh, into no. the deck dump. Fucking cradle vine, bro. This is uh this is a deck that I'm calling Cradle Vine because I don't know what else to call it, but this is, uh, who was it? Floatius, who I believe was one of the 300 that fought in the Battle of Thermopylae, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> there are four Birds of Paradise, four Noble Hierarch, uh, how do I read this in order? One Elvish Spirit Guide, three Knight of the Reliquary, one Sylvan Safekeeper, one Titania, three Vengevine, two Cloud of Fairy, one Crater Hook Behemoth, two Okos, three Lingering Souls, a Life from the Long, a Green Sun Zenith, and four Intuitions, and four Cradles. So it's like if you smashed Elves together with a Pauper deck and a Nick, <laughs> a Nick Fit deck and... Like, uh, isn't one spirit guide only what you do if you're cheating in paper? Isn't that a thing? I didn't know that was a thing. How didn't you... some guy like just like play one Simeon spirit guide in his deck and then like kept palming it? I can't, I don't know who this motherfucker was, but some fucking asshole played one Simeon spirit guide a bunch and people were like, why the fuck does he do that? And he kept winning and then they realized he was cheating. I don't know. Oh, I know. I should know who the fuck this is, but are we talking about the amulet titan player who was palming? Probably. Fuck everyone who. I'm just. Oh, okay. I don't (laughs) know this dude's name, but I know that story. Yeah. Um. He just like why would you play? He turned. He turned at a pro tour. He turned one people like five matches in a row before the judges found that he was keeping his opening seven underneath his playmat while his opponent shuffled his deck and then yeah. like sleight of handing it out from underneath okay oh is that what it was yeah i don't I thought I, he was palming his one sim his one simian but i guess it basically works out the same it, it might have been multiple people doing something similar to that because i don't think Simeon probably Spirit Guide is fucking legal in modern yeah wait simian red one it is red one is yes. legal green okay. one is not yep yeah, anyway. that's that's crazy, bro. But this is a this is a deck that five owed, and it's it's playing Vengevine like fairly, right? With intuition and Cloud of Fairies. Like, what the fuck is this deck? Well, I like Cloud of Fairies. I used to play that all way way back in the day. Um, oh, this card, intuition. Intuition is fucking sexy with Vengevine. It kind of is, right? But isn't it just, like, the slowest thing ever? Yeah, but Can't you're playing you enough play, mana like, dorks to supplier? make you feel like you're not. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you're like, yes, it's the slowest thing ever, but I, I'm a turn ahead because I'm playing a million mana dorks. And then your mana dork <laughs> so you can turn gets three, bolted your and you just, just like die. Richard Garfield intended. Yeah. 
You got the classic four cabal therapy sideboard. One dark depths, one thespian stage. You but you got three intuitions. And one loam. Yo, and, oh my god. Look, they're yes. all they go they go off on that Vengevine plan and they're like ley line of the void. And you're like, oh what am I gonna do? Oh actually no, that doesn't work because they ley lined you. Yeah, you have fucking loam. Fucking like, like... Never mind. Or <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna play Grafdigger's cage and you're gonna look at your three green sun zenith and fucking kill yourself. I don't <sighs> understand. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the deck that gets heated on by every single sideboard card you can ever think of? <laughs> is Rip, that what this cage, is? Cage, Leyline. Uh, oof sucks. Yeah, okay. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Lingering Souls, Life from the Loam, Green Sun Zenith. Maybe just. Respectable three you know, Lingering Souls. You can put Oko Souls. in any deck. This you is can Intuition right for Lingering Souls. This is the deck that gets Oko banned because this deck never should have 5 0 Except How it does, it, does it have three Oko? Can you always intuition for an Oko? No, only two Oko. Just two. Oh, you can't even Oko. intuition for Oko. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. This fucking deck. One Wasteland because. Yep. I shouldn't be so shitty, but like I don't understand numbers and anything I've seen today. I, I would 100% understand like this deck wanting to play a lot of threes. Yeah. So I don't understand the two Oko, right? Um, yep. uh, unless you really they only really... have three knights. <laughs> so all your threes, there's three knights and two Okos and four intuitions that you don't even want to cast on three necessarily. Well, you except can... on their end step. Yeah, like you can end step and get late. Like the the deck has a ton of value plays. Like you can intuition for lingering souls. Um, you can make sure you get your knight, but. I feel like intuitioning for what if they kill your noble? (laughs) Yeah, you're just in trouble. But it it does have four birds too, right? So like, is this a a blue green deck with (laughs) splashing three lingering souls that have intuition package of three lingering souls? I think so. And cabal therapy out of the sideboard. Oh right, right, right. (sighs) What the fuck? I mean, the deck... But isn't, like, isn't right now... Maybe this is, like, the smartest motherfucker in the world. There's 12 because... mana dorks. 13 <laughs> if you count the spirit guide, right? Because you got birds, noble, and then four green suns for the two dryad arbors. Wow. So, like, you're you're definitely going to be able to play your three. Oh, I don't know. I agree with that. The cabal therapies, though? Like, is this is this guy just inside everyone's fucking head? Because it's isn't the this about the hardest fucking time to cast a Cabal Therapy ever? Yes. Well, so it's it also so counts how as the a double spell you ever for Vengevine. So, like, you get oh. you get the front side of it, and then you get to flash Don't you need to back. cast creatures for Vengevine? No, it... Second oh. creature spell. Shh. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But wait, what does the Cloud of Fairies do, though? You get to untap your guys' cradles. But to cast no, but... what, though? Crater, crater Hoof. <laughs> Oh yeah, there is crater a crater hoof. hoof. Or... You have to draw naturally. Yeah. The one. Have you ever? You have can you ever played if you have nine Souls with Crater Hoof? <laughs> I, I don't I have understand. It, but I'm sure it's fucking awesome. Oh my! God. This deck is awesome. I don't get it. I would need a tutor course on how to play it because I don't know what the fuck is happening. How do you evaluate your opening hand when you're like Elvish Spirit Guide? Green Sun Zenith, Lingering Souls, Loam, Crater Hoof. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a fucking deck, bro. 
This is a, this is a big brain deck. This is this is the, not for dummies like this me. This is one of the most deck dump decks I've ever seen. So <laughs> the the last deck we're going to talk about Ken, is listen. If we had a new uh, patron this week that I definitely want to give a shout out to by the end of the cast, but is this a deck that if we had our Patreon say Ian? I want you to play a league with this. Would you play a league with this? And bro, so, when... bro, so I'm actually set up now to stream. Like before, it was like an impossibility. So I was just like, yeah, like I'll stream, sure. But I knew I wasn't really going to because I was sharing an office with my wife. But now I have like my office is the guest room now. So I actually could stream if I wanted to. So basically, what I'm trying to say is, you gotta cut that because I don't want to stream. <laughs> I no, I got you. Yeah, we said that we we're gonna send out thank you notes to all our patrons, and every time I log into the Patreon, it's like you have 88 new messages to send. I'm like, oh, <laughs> looks like nobody's gonna get that. 88. So, so. Oh fuck. <laughs> nice dog whistle, Tom. So, <sighs> basically, uh, hanging out with you too long. <laughs> So POW 22, this is, POW 22 is on the leaderboard of deck dump appearances at this point, for sure. And this deck, like we saw, we talked about, we bitched about Primeval Titan earlier in this Ancient Tomb, stop, like Sylvan Plug type of deck with no Sylvan Libraries. But this deck is just straight up landfall and I can respect this deck a lot. So this is three Lotus Cobras. Two Oracle of Moldias, two Primeval Titans, three Round Up Activators, two Tireless Trackers, three Titania Legendary Protector Varagoth, and one Asusa. With Realms Uncharted. See, this deck doesn't make me nearly as upset. Yeah, this is like a. Sweet this deck makes deck. sense to me. Yeah. There's no Valakit. There's no. Four or- fucking Mox Diamonds. <laughs> yeah. But there's only three Ancient Tombs. Uh, they've got a lot of colored spells. I can forgive them that. Too nice, bro. But yeah, this is uh this is this is a fucking deck, honestly. This is like a pretty sweet deck in my opinion. Like it, it's pretty sweet. I don't know, what do you guys think? I think it's pretty sweet. I like this deck. It's I had like to re- read Realms Uncharted. It's mono, like super intuition for land. Mono green trade binder. Yes, exactly, bro. This is like mono green Zendikar. And like, co- like, not even Corsair. Like this person is playing a Green Sun package, but they're still not splitting Oracle and Corsair. They're just playing two Oracles because they know what they fucking want to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I want to play additional lands. I'm playing two Oracles and Moldias. Fucking beautiful. I really like this deck. Respect. I don't think Corsair is a legacy playable card. Really? Uh, who fucking knows? Clearly, it's I don't know. It's I like just like Corsair. I actually like it. It's like a green, green fat butt, and yeah, it's butts a fat don't butt. matter anymore. No, there's lightning bolts still. Delver, Delver flies. If you play a Corsair, they'll just bolt your face. I don't know why would you like. It's fucking uncastable in most decks, right? Yeah. Like, how do you get GG on two and not want to fucking hate yourself? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I do have a soft spot for Corsair for sure. I I love that card. But I've justified I don't, it plenty. Of I don't times think this is the saying, format for by it by saying it's an enchantment for Tarmogoyf. 
But, but he yeah. playing like John in twenty sixteen. <laughs> this is a. I think this was a classic episode, right? This is like what we were supposed to do is like talk about the deck dump and the challenge and stuff. Like this is a. Even though it's the apocalypse, like the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? There's still there's still gonna be a deck dump. There's still gonna be a challenge to talk about. We're not going anywhere. Exactly, bro. And speaking of not going anywhere, uh, <laughs> Justin Trudeau's wife got the coronavirus, and Justin Trudeau doesn't have it, but Idris Elba does, and they were spending time together in London. Well, like, I mean, look at look at Idris Elba, and then look at our fucking frat boy of a prime minister, and take your pick. <laughs> I don't know. What would you do? Put yourself in Mrs. Trudeau's shoes, because I know what I would do. I I love how Tom's uh, Tom Karen's political philosophy is basically like take four Adderall and watch the movie Three Hundred. <laughs> <sighs> Beautiful. All right. I've been uh I've been watching the state like nonstop over this. Uh, yeah. Have you? Okay. So hold up. Have you been having like PTSD flashbacks about our episode with Jason and how you would have done things differently? Yes. If yes. you could go back and you're yes. like, shit, I talked about the state. I need to go back and watch this again because if I ever talk to Jason again, if he ever talks to me <laughs> after that disaster of an episode, I need to have a more in-depth conversation with him about the state. So I got to no, rewatch this so we can do it, it again. It wasn't exactly like that. It's, I'm having arguments in my head about he called the state, literally he called the state the sixth best improv comedy, sketch comedy show of its era. And I was not ready at the time to defend the state. So I had to go back and rewatch every episode. And what the fuck is the state? God, fucking Zoomers! <laughs> it's the best sketch comedy improv show of the '90s, featuring. We probably didn't get it up here until 2010. Yeah, <laughs> featuring Michael Ian Black, Keith Allison, all these people that you know from Adam Sandler movies, and they're just—it's just a fucking amazing show. And yeah. I honestly, I wasn't ready for that Jason episode. Sorry I let you guys down, my fans. And I feel like the <laughs> fans weren't let down because Jason got to carry everything. But I feel like I felt bad for you because, <laughs> because this, was, this was your hero. In my podcasting hero. On your podcast. <laughs> and... <laughs> It really and what was, happened happened. You know, it I'm really was so much worse. Like every time we're like, oh, this episode went really poorly and then it turns out really good. Or like it turns out at least salvageable. This yep. was actually like the most excited I've ever been for an episode and it was so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> As the episode was actually happening, I was like, I actually felt bad like i was like i don't know if i can save this i don't know what to do this i this is a disaster and i'm here and then we had to cut the only five minutes that made me sound like a competent person like that we actually got we actually had a good schmood going the only five minutes we had to cut because 
Jason couldn't have that put out in the world. Mulan. Yeah. Yes, you know what happened. Uh, uh, it, it was, at least we're getting some good content talking about it afterwards. It was painful, bro. <laughs> All right. Well, Tom, if people want to find you on Twitter, how can they do that? Wait, which which Tom were we talking about? <laughs> Tom, Tom, Tom Guest. Oh, uh, Graven underscore Karens. Spelled like the fucking uh, whatever the bad fuck. Land. Spelled like the card. The it's bad land, last get it? Name on it. And uh, Tom, uh, other Tom, how can they find you? You can find me at TSmileyMTG and the cast at Dead Format Cast. At Ian1825 on Twitter. Uh, DeadFormatCast at gmail.com. And that's a wrap, right? Yeah, and if any of you are patrons uh, for the Brainstorm Brewery, <laughs> just to fucking apologize for us. Just shoot that message out to, to bro Jason. he did i actually listened to the episode he he used my pick of the week though did he say that it was from that. you yep that's great yeah i was surprised about that but all right we're fine you guys fucking worry too much <laughs> yeah it wasn't fine but thank you <laughs> all right that's a wrap <laughs>